0: Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. You know what? I'm just going to, st- yeah, again, again, Eric Holmes, I apologize to you. I didn't give you time enough to rename your name. Usually, every week, if you listeners, if you actually watch our podcast via our YouTube channel on Deepest Dream, you'll get to see all the renames that we do. Bruce Perky, co host Bruce Perky, is calling himself Symbio. Bruco Perco, Taxi Perco, and that is an allusion to a Criterion film or a Criterion release that he is going to be covering for his "What's in the Box" segment. So it, it, it's a meta kind of film. Basically, we're recording a podcast. Is someone actually recording us? Recording a podcast and someone shooting it. There are so many layers to this movie that Bruce Perky will cover to close out the show. Eric Holmes, you don't do you want to rename yourself? Do you want as, as a Green Knight or? The Green Homes, or or I'm trying to think of a name for you. The Assassination Homes, Homes Bureau, the Bureau Homes. I'm just going to be Greg Srozavasi because I don't have, maybe I'll just call myself Lala Greg or something like that. <laughs> because that's going to be some, speaking of which, we're going to do some Lala later this this episode. You're going to know what it is. Hint, it's a musical. Hint, it stars Ryan Gosling. Hint, it also stars Emma Stone. And So Bruce has a lot to cover this week. Okay, we have a lot of films to cover. I We have Joe Bell the Mark Wahlberg movie that's based on a true story, How It Ends, a movie that Bruce and I will be covering. It's exactly how it ends in L.A. Bruce, does anybody walk in L.A.? What do you think? Only the missing persons walk in L.A., only the missing persons dry wit times dry wit equals fun it it, speaking of fun we're also all three of us have seen mandibles bruce and i exactly know how each other feels about mandibles but eric holmes does not he actually strayed away from character and decided not to actually or i didn't even read the thread on our on our facebook whether he loves it or not he's going to surprise us he's pulling a bruce berkey We have no idea if Eric Holmes is a huge fan of mandibles. He might pull a twist on us because last week I thought it was Eric Holmes who was going to go gaga crazy over Pig. And to clean up that that wonderful slop, it was me and Bruce saying all the beautiful things. Eric, by the way, still liked Pig, but I was surprised that he was the one who wasn't as excited as me or Bruce. I'm going to bet, Bruce, what do you think? Do you think Eric Holmes will love it even more than me and you, mandibles? What do you think? What are the odds? Or is he going to pick I, us
1: again? I, I, I don't know, man. He's got a good poker face today. Um, <laughs> he's booker. gaga all over this thing. I don't <laughs> know what
0: to say. He's got, okay. And, and Eric is being very tight lipped about this. Speaking of tight lip, there's going to be a, a certain twist in our episode rounding out the rear. I don't know why I like to keep saying that. Is <laughs> Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky with that ectoplasm, whatever name he's called this week, they're going to finish out our featured reviews with a new film. Called Twist, which I believe is either a modern or an almost modern retelling of Oliver Twist. I don't read books, Bruce. Do you? Who who wrote that book? Was that uh, was it? uh, Tom Clancy? Did Tom Clancy write uh, this Oliver Twist thing? What? Who did it? You guys? Andy. I think think it was was Andy Dick. Andy Dick. (laughs) Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. I thought maybe Agatha Christie. will take a stab. And maybe, oh, you know what? I know who did it. I know who wrote Oliver Twist. It's the illusionist, guys. The the, the magician, you know, the, the good-looking magician. David Copperfield is the actual author of Oliver Twist. Right, Bruce? Is that cor- Am I correct on that? No, no. It was Cousin
1: Oliver from the last <laughs> season of uh, The Brady Bunch.
0: I, I thought it was Corn that wrote it. Oh, very, very, corn
2: <laughs>
0: and then we went to new metal or alt metal. I don't know, whatever that metal is. That was our Dickensian round of dry wit. And I hope you still stay on the show and listen to our reviews. Dickensian. Dickensian humor with the dry wit. I don't know if that adds up. Does that add up to anything, Bruce? What do you think?
1: I don't know. I only know is that Greg does it all for the cookie and
0: the nookie. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Bruce. Okay. Actually, I'm sorry, Eric. I'm going to say this. Bruce is our voice of reason. Bruce is also our actually our archivist. Not, you know, you're going to be our voice of reason. Eric is the ringmaster because he actually, since Bruce, you and I really don't have any friends, we, we, uh, we just stay to ourselves. Eric is the one who brings people in. You know, so you're the voice of reason and the archivist. What are we celebrating with this episode, Bruce? Can you tell our listeners what we're celebrating? I believe... This week is the official one-year
1: anniversary of the official beginning of Find Your Film when it actually was its own named podcast.
0: Right. Wow. Eric, have we have we grown as friends and cinephiles over the year or have we undoubtedly regressed as a collective? What do you think? Probably moved a bit sideways, which is good. <laughs> sideways is good again uh, again we all know that eric holmes will leave we'll leave this podcast this find your film podcast (laughs) once it reaches episode 669 or 666 (laughs) just remember there will be an opening when 666 or 669 well well, thank you
2: Thankfully, right. we've been doing the, uh, the the director's spotlights, which kind of, and then the uh, random interview. So that kind of threw off our episode number. So <laughs> I think you did that on purpose because you're like, if we do right. it, if we number these as soon as he hit 69, Eric's out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. That first number up to 100 with a 69. I think thankfully I mixed things up with you, thankfully. and But you know what? The number of the beast is coming. Well, it, time flies very fast. We never know. We never know. Okay. Anything else we need to talk? Oh, also a little plug on our podcast feed. I finally, after about, oh, six months, we actually taped this Kubrick episode six months ago. Just kidding. About three weeks ago. That's not kidding. With Anderson Cowan, our good friend from Cinematics, the Film Vault, director of Groupers, The After Disaster. He talks about his passion for the Stanley Kubrick films, Lolita and Spartacus. Very good. Take a listen to our podcast feed. The only caveat Caveat, caveat is that you have to, I I would suggest you watch, you've watched at least both of these movies, because we do talk a little bit about spoilers. Bruce, do you think Eric Holmes should finally, before even, you know, we have a lot of work to do reviewing this episode, reviewing the films this episode, then after this, we have to find new films for next week. But before that, do you think Eric, do you think Eric Holmes should watch Barry Lyndon sooner than later? Because... I I I'm trying to say this is just the best film ever by by uh, by by Kurt by who's that guy's name? Not, not it's not all, it's not Charles Dickens. Oh, Stanley Kubrick, don't you think uh, Barry Lyndon is high up there? Or am I just off my gourd? I think he should watch Caveat because he keeps saying that word and he hasn't watched that
1: movie. I almost watched it. I almost
2: watched it this week. And uh, I don't have shutter anymore, so I gotta get shutter. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh shoot, we're doing the we're doing the uh, we're doing the thing tomorrow. I'm gonna watch caveat. Blah blah blah. Please redo the oh shit. Okay, well, so I'll I'll figure that out this week and I'll I'll for sure watch caveat next week or by by next week.
0: You you um deciding not to have shutter on your streaming services, like me taking my Buying a PALM of Blu-rays and hawking it at my local store—it just doesn't no, make sense. No, I,
2: I, I, uh, I, I got a new uh, card, and I never went back and
0: re-entered the numbers on there. So, okay, cool, cool. That, so that was the thing that happened. Okay, you're going to be back on Shutter sooner than later. Yeah, Bruce, do you have any Shutter? Have you been watching a lot of stuff on Shutter as well, or have you been ignoring uh, that service uh, this week? You've just been other things you, you had to watch.
1: No, I've watched a few things on there. A couple of them haven't quite made the cut, so. But um, and I've got three or four flagged. I just was had a very busy week this week, so I didn't
0: have time to do Shudder. Mm, but you, you know, you you, you had time to do La, La Land. I mean, look at I mean, listeners, if you actually look at my uh, at the YouTube video, I have a little poster of La, La Land here. This is this is actually I'm a member of the Critics Choice. Or oh, and you have the Blu-ray. You know what? That's you know, okay, Bruce stop trying to be a uh, populist I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to humble brag being a little little uh, horrible Neil the critic i'm like I, I got this as part of my critics choice thing uh, by the way this la la land poster if you see on your youtube it's only one of 600 made what do you think of that yeah this is a it's, pretty cool
2: uh, looking poster
0: yes and you know what? i can't wait till you get to your review because I, I you haven't even said whether you love la la land or not eric holmes you love it or not la la land what do you think yes i did
2: i did i, I went and took okay. my sister to it when it came
0: out and uh was uh it was was pretty good that damien chazelle guy is pretty good pretty good okay you know what i okay we're gonna get to to la la land all that stuff first off let's get to joe bell well well just give me a second that
1: goddamn tv ain't gonna watch itself
0: oh mom already knows knows what what knows that i'm getting picked on by these guys at school why is that I don't know, because I'm not like them. It's got to be more than that. That doesn't make any sense. Why are you like that? Because I'm, I'm just, I'm different. I'm just. Because why? Because I'm not, I'm not like them. I'm That's just... not
2: an answer, Jade. No, it doesn't make
1: any sense. Because I'm gay.
0: Joe Bell starts Mark Wahlberg. This felt like, to me, upon watching the trailer, an after-school special movie. By the way, folks, they were just singing just while I was coughing up a storm. By the way, I did notice that you guys did. I, I'm, I've i started my The Billy Jack edit by the way we're gonna we're gonna release the billy jack review discussion with travis Stansberry and our lead one of the lead actors in anderson Cowan's film groupers i noticed there were a couple of times when eric or bruce if i recall they did hum a little bit for a couple of seconds and i knew oh i gotta edit that but then i'm, I'm gonna get back to editing so you guys trying to sneak i i'm editing it i'm watching you guys with with all that music licensing thing you guys are doing you criminals so joe bell seconds
2: it'll be all right
0: <laughs> that's what you know what that's usually my my opening line okay so joe bell <laughs> hits the, hits theaters. you son of a bitch <laughs> okay and bruce, uh, thank you eric holmes for laughing and thank you bruce berkey for admittedly just shaking your head okay so joe bell it opens in theater july 23rd i really thought this was going to be an after school special here we go joe bell mark Wahlberg plays a titular character he is a small town guy hard-working blue-collar man his son is gay Okay, his son's gay. He loves his son. He accepts his son being homosexual. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing is, by the way, Connie Britton from Friday Night Lights, she plays Joe Bell's wife based on a true story. The thing is, there's one thing about accepting your son or your your child, son or daughter as gay. There's another level of actually what happens when you're out in society, what happens when you're at a school function, or you're at a parents meeting or whatnot are you proud of your children no matter what their sexuality is? And Joe Bell, he's, he was trying to figure that out. He was trying to figure, he's, he loves his son, but he is afraid for his son's safety be, is, with his son being gay. So that out of that kind of overprotection comes a little bit of maybe overbearing TLC. And sometimes that cro- comes across as very argumentative. That is the premise of Joe Bell. Joe Bell decides to go on a walk from all across America just walking across America, and with every stop, he wanted to actually go to help groups or talk to, most importantly, schools about the importance of bullying, the negative effects of bullying, because of what the effects of bullying placed upon his son. So that is the premise of Jobel, again, based on a true story. I can't wait to, to give my opinion of this movie, which, again, I thought it was going to be a heavy-handed drama but it, it, but actually it became something else. I'm going to start with you, Bruce Perky on Joe Bell, your initial thoughts. You were the first one to see this movie. Um, I think it's, it's okay.
1: I think it, it definitely goes above what it could have been and, and what you were worried about it being. And I knew nothing about the real life story. So I was actually affected by the quote twist, which you said you already knew. So that may or right. may not affect you. I liked it better when the twist occurred and after that, I like the rest of the story a little bit more. My biggest reservations I would say in this movie are first of all, the focus is on Joe Bell, which is the dad and him like, you know, fighting us bullying and, and kind of you're going forward and backward in time and kind of watching his struggle with how to, kind of come to terms and to accept his son and immediately my thought is well we're looking at the wrong person like why are we focusing on this guy you know he's not really the story the story is the kid and the kid was the actor that plays the kid reed miller i believe right yeah he's he's excellent he's really good Very um he's the best part of the movie i agree i think yeah Yeah. and he definitely brings some gravitas to this and i guess mark Wahlberg, bless his heart In the Southern way, he tries, he tries to be gritty. He tries to be, you know, warts and all the character is like down home and downer. I mean, everything's done in a really very, very realistic grounded fashion, but I just don't think he's up to the task. And when you there's a short scene with him and Gary Sinise and just seeing Gary Sinise with him for that moment, just highlighted to me like, Oh, this is what a really good actor looks like compared to, Mark Wahlberg. So I think that's his major detriment is Mark Wahlberg isn't really quite up the task, but it's a good try. And the movie itself, I I would give it a mild recommend because it has a good heart and it does tell a really interesting story and it does have some emotional moments. I think that actually kind of hit.
0: So I'd say a mild recommend for me. Mild recommend. Eric Holmes, your thoughts, Joe Bell. I'm not a good actor. What are you saying, Bruce? I thought we was buds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um Joe Bell should have been called No Shit the movie. Um the, the wow uh, okay the uh lessons learned in this are quite obvious, but this is not a movie for me. This is a movie and I think a very important movie for other people. There's a part in Joe Bell where his son point you know, there's a there's a couple guys, oh well, we don't like them gauge coming on in here. What you want to I mean? And then uh Joe Bell just leaves and his son's like Look, you go around, you keep talking to all these people on all these stops. Those are the people you need to be talking to. And I think that's what Joe Bell is. Joe Bell's, uh, you know, it's not a movie for me. I know this, you know, it's not, it might not be a movie for you guys. You you know this, this lesson already, but I think that the movie, this movie will appeal to the people that need to learn this lesson. You know, if, if, if this was a uh, movie about his son you know, the people that need to learn the lessons like, oh, no, we got, look, I don't care who you bang, just keep it out of my fate, you know, that sort of thing. But this kind of, this kind of does that, it, it, it goes, you know, slips under the cracks and it, it uh kind of uh, tricks uh certain people, might trick certain people into eating their vegetables, because they'll see themselves as Joe Bell. They'll be like, yeah, see, he's doing this part, he doesn't care if he's gay, but then they don't realize that he's not doing enough. And then as they go, you know, the, I I think they can really latch on to his character. And then as it goes on, then you start seeing how how his son's being hurt by this. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And and I think that the people that need to see this movie will be taken in with what it is, and then the vegetables will kind of be snuck little by little onto their plate until by then, who knows that this this could be a movie that changes people. It's it's definitely saccharine. It's definitely not for me, but you know, I don't need, I don't need to learn this lesson. And I think the people that do will eat this up and go, you know, I saw this movie, Joe Bell, and it's a really good movie. And you should check this one out because I, you know, this is the kind of movie that, that does that. And those people kind of, you know, make that sort of uh, conversation about so uh, good on Joe Bell and good on the filmmakers for doing this. And I hope it uh, works
0: as intended. So this movie is written by the Brokeback Mountain team Diana Osana and Larry McMurtry. It's directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green, and it comes out Friday, July 23rd. Surprise, I ended up liking this movie more than both of you. One of the reasons why I really enjoyed this, actually, surprisingly so, I I, I give this a solid recommend. Joe Bell, played by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. When, when anyone, unless you're Tom Hanks, if you're sitting next to Gary Sinise, good shot that he's going to blow you out of the water. Um, it's just, it's like a plus plus acting and Mark Wahlberg tries his best. He does a good job as Joe Bell. They portray Joe Bell as a person. They could have made this a very, you, you were mentioning saccharine, Eric. Yeah. I mean, the message, the message we've heard it before. And a lot of, some people really need to hear this, but it goes certain ways where they didn't make it overly saccharine, meaning they could have made Joe Bell almost a saint. They could have covered up a lot of his flaws. And they could have made all these really grandstanding speeches about bullying in the movie. And there are a couple of speeches, but it's not slathered in honey and all that stuff. It's actually a well-done and, in my opinion, resonant drama. Connie Britain, it's very good. But like Bruce, you were saying, the star of this movie is Reed Miller as Jaden Bell. Fantastic. Fantastic. in Joe Bell. So, yeah, that is a slight recommend from Bruce. That is a... recommend
2: yeah i'd I'd say it's recommend the people that need to see this they're not going to watch brokeback and they're not going to watch boys don't cry and they're you know but they'll probably watch joe bell and that that's
0: there's something to be said about that and it it was you know yeah recommend yeah also bruce you said you you actually went into this movie cold and there's something that surprised you yeah i went into this movie relatively cold there is something that actually did surprise me as well and i was I went, what the heck? Okay, so I didn't read Joe Bell's full story. Listeners, if you can, before you actually watch Joe Bell, if you go to the theaters, do not read the story of Joe Bell before. It, what do you think, Bruce? Don't read, don't read Joe Bell's story before watching this movie. It would, yeah, it would and, be interesting and too.
1: Yes, because what Eric said, and I honestly, I thought about the exact thing Eric was saying, so I highlight what he says. He is exactly right. I thought about that at the time. I remember thinking this is made for... It's like an entry level, <laughs> entry level on this issue. But no, I I think if you don't, if you go in blind, especially for the audience that w- work best on, I think it'll have the biggest impact because when certain things happen about halfway through and then happen towards the end, I think they'll get a bigger impact. And it will, if they were resistant or kind of like, well, why do I care about this? Then all of a sudden it'll be like, oh, now I maybe I do care a
0: little more. So, yeah. You know, there is, has there been a film this year, guys, that you've related to the most? Eric, Bruce, just right off the top of your head. Anything? Um, that you really felt like, oh. Psycho Gorman? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Sam PG and Psycho Maddie? Gorman. I think that's that's the correct answer for you, Bruce. Because you really... Which, yes, what were you going to say? <laughs> Sam Eric? and Maddie make a zombie movie. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. That's a very cool uh, movie. Yeah. I mean, the documentary is cool, but specifically the movie... <laughs> Well, there's a movie that I absolutely related to, and maybe this is one of the reasons why I don't have a significant other in my life. There's a movie called Mandibles. It opens everywhere July 23rd. It's how long, Bruce, is this? It's 77 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like an h- hour
1: and 11 minutes or 12, 17 yeah, minutes. Yeah.
0: yeah, 77 minutes. It says, when simple-minded friends jean Gob and Maru find a giant fly trapped in the boot boot. Yeah, they, yeah, in the boot of a car, they decide to train it in the hope of making a ton of cash. So basically, two simpletons find a giant fly in the back of their car, and they decide to train it. Written and directed by Quentin Dupieux, or Dupoe, I should have actually asked when I interviewed him how to pronounce his last name. He's best known for the movie Rubber and a bunch of other movies. He's a critically acclaimed filmmaker, but I don't know. I think a lot of people might be turned off by, by the sheer preposterous notion of this of this plot but this is it 77 minutes the plot line is exactly what you're gonna see two dudes trying to train a fly i'm gonna get i'm gonna save my reactions well let's go with you first bruce and let's have eric have his final reaction on this one <laughs> oh I, darn wanna... I gotta go
1: again first well yeah yeah well it's no secret because we kind of talked about this already i really love this movie i like it a lot but it is definitely not for everybody this could just be thought as seen as stupid dumb not funny offensive maybe or what else what would you say
0: offensive possibly uh maybe
1: a little bit sure but i i loved what i loved about this movie is that so it starts out and it's these are some of my favorite dumb characters in a long time two dumb characters that are just doing one dumb thing after another but i just love the the setup the setup is hey all you got to do is take the suitcase put it in the truck of your car take it to another place and we're going to give you money don't look at it cool great so he steals a car and that's what they're going to do. And then they find the fly and it's like, then they get derailed. Oh, okay. We got this fly. Hey, we can make more money. We don't have to take the suitcase anywhere. We can make more money by training this fly to do stuff. And then, Hey, look, there's a trailer over there. And I'm not going to say what else happens, but the whole movie is them. Just, it's almost like they're like, like dogs. Like they have one thing they're going to go do. And then they look over and they see a squirrel like, oh, oh, hey, there's a squirrel over there. And they get on the way to the squirrel and they look over. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, there's a chipmunk. I'm going to go after the chipmunk now. Like the whole movie is them just getting distracted by one dumb thing after another. And honestly, for me, this is kind of one of those movies where just being with these two guys, wherever they're at, is fun. And when a third character,
0: (laughs) when Agnes comes into this movie. Played by Adele Exarchopoulos. And she's best known for her work in Blue is the Warmest Color. When she comes into this, that is the magic
1: ingredient that just, for me, sent it to. I I was in
0: love at that point. Totally. And by love. the by the way, Agnes, <laughs> listeners, when she enters the frame, she she's actually a friends, or she lives in this house. It's a really bougie house. I write it in the mountains. It's really really gorgeous. Little sort of a not not a like sort of even a mini mansion. It's just a beautiful home. There's a pool, and these two guys, they just. I guess by happenstance, they just stumble onto this whole weird unit, bourgeois unit. And Adela's Agnes, she enters a frame yelling (laughs) at the top of her lungs, and she's yelling because that's the the tenor of her voice. Because of a, I I think, Bruce, because of an accent or something like that. Yeah, like a traumatic brain injury or something. Yeah, yeah, she she is yelling throughout the entire narrative, and that will either offend you or make you. Almost howl with laughter and and make you want to actually see this movie again. So and Bruce, yeah. Oh, yeah. last thing, last thing,
1: strong recommend for me, but this with the caveat because we say caveat in every episode. Um, with the caveat that this is definitely not going to be some people's, you know, tone. I would say this is one where you could almost watch the trailer, watch a little bit of the trailer, and if that tone doesn't work for you, probably just bug right out because it's not going to be for you. The last thing I'll say, and then it's all Eric. This literally sticks the landing. Beautiful. Yes,
0: so. beautiful. And by the way, the fly, it's it not is. CGI. It just, you can actually feel like, the, you can touch the fly. It feels good. It's good, right? It's The way they do the fly is very... It's no. preposterous, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's also, before we get to you, Eric, the humor and, and some of the stuff, it doesn't go as overboard as you think. It's just a funny movie. To me, it doesn't go completely crazy. It just... At least I, th- I thought so. I thought it was grounded in, in some measure. Now, strong recommend for me. I love everything about this movie. I want to see this again. The director is talking about a sequel to the movie where we'll have the two, two guys on a new adventure. Okay, possibly without the fly. Oh, so we'll see where that goes. Eric Holmes, your final take. Strong recommends for me and Bruce. Would love to hear what you think about this movie.
2: Well, I did uh, change my name, but before uh, you look at that. Oh, very good. Toro. Toro,
0: toro, 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 uh, toro. Yeah.
2: Um. I so I I saw Rubber. It was fine, but it wasn't like you know it was like cool. Entirely kills people, but it never really grabbed me. So I you know I never followed his other movies until now, and so I was kind of like eh, you know I, I, I'm sure this will be fine. Uh, this movie is pretty pretty great. The uh, the characters were so stupid, and uh, you know the, the characters are offensive but they're so stupid that like they're almost uh, kind of harmless it's like you know they'll say something offensive it's like oh you're stupid <laughs> so it's, it's hard to take them too seriously uh the the fly looked freaking awesome just i imagine it's uh probably like a, a practical effect uh, maybe some CG thrown in there somewhere. I, I have no idea. The only but CG it, it was... was the legs, but everything else was practical. Oh, for real? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good. And uh, Agnes. Yeah, she was really good. <laughs> I, I really liked her a lot. <laughs> yeah I thought, it's it, such a cheap joke but it works man it I, works. I, Bruce put the thing up in the message uh just a picture of her and I was like I thought it was like a, some outtake of midsummer or something I didn't know what it was he's like when you know you'll know and I got to the part and I'm like okay I know what he's talking about now and then, <laughs> and then I started immediately thinking of a voice of modulation guy from SNL <laughs> how dare you Colin this is my regular speaking thing. <laughs> but yeah yeah this this movie was like uh it, it was weird like rubber but this one seemed to have more of a point to it where rubber just seemed kind of weird for weird's sake and i'm sure there's more to it you know things go over my head all the time and that might have been something else that did. but this uh yeah this, this seemed to have uh much better characters for one like by a lot uh the characters in in this movie were were great it a lot of in a lot of ways reminded me of greasy strangler not the not same story or anything but just the way out there characters and, you know this have that, that sort of thing and uh yeah like bruce said this is going to be a movie people are either going to love or nope not for me you know one of the two i i just happened to land in the uh definitely for me category with this one and i guess now i gotta go back and watch the rest of quentin de pludus uh you pronounce it better than me I, I don't even know if I pronounce it right but few. I tried I
0: think I, yeah I'm trying to try as well yeah but
2: I, I need to check the, out the rest of oeuvre and see uh see if there's any other gems in there cuz I like this one quite a bit and yes the ending did stick the landing and n- I don't know what a sequel to this would be but I can't imagine the fly would not be in it
0: ooh good point good point i mean quentin was saying that maybe the fly wouldn't be there but maybe you're right it's probably inevitable that the fly should return what do you think Bruce if they did a sequel should the fly be there or are the two guys enough by themselves
1: they're they're great but I think just seeing them try to achieve some of the things they want to achieve with the fly could be gold I, I would watch it I, I would watch another another movie where they're just maybe they have the goal is just to get it to a bank and the whole movie is them just on their way to try to get there distracted from one thing to another on the way because this is this is one of those journey films right? Yeah, there really is no point. It's just the journey with these guys. Maybe he'll do a movie called "Mandibles versus Rubber."
2: <laughs> he good, I mean, like I'm Kong, with... Godzilla v Kong,
0: but it's in like the a trunk. Fly, a flying bear in the trunk.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: So the two guys, your name, their name Manu, Manu's played by Gregor Ludig and Jean Gob, played by David Marseille. and again Agnes, played by Adele Exarchopoulos. Now I was thinking, my pitch is let's have a road movie with. Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, and Dorothy L'Amour, but instead this one you'll have Manu, Shanghab, and Agnes going on, on the road. That would be hilarious. Actually, you know what? Just Agnes for 77 minutes yelling. I give that movie five stars already. I don't know. Well, yeah, I,
1: I want to see like famous scenes, but Agnes is in them. Like just pick your famous movie scenes like for three minutes each and throw her in there. Yeah, if you if you do a sequel to this without Agnes, that's
2: like
0: textbook missed opportunity yes text it it is it's it. you know i don't know this is it's is this low-hanging fruit humor or is it good humor I, because i what is it i i, it I think works? it's
2: just a, i i think it's someone that understands certain characterizations pretty well very good you know like the they do stupid stuff and they're they're in a weird world and they're weird characters but the stuff that they do is like i know some idiots that would that, that would uh fall for that or i know some idiots that would pull that off or you know think that way so
1: i will defend this as as well written in this aspect it's silly and low-hanging fruit in the like in the way they're presented but i think it's intelligently written because takes it from the point of view of like here's these characters in the world how would they react with the situation and it and it goes with them in a way they would naturally go as opposed to forcing them because the plot wants them to go places And I think that's what makes it great. So to me, it's kind of like we talked about with uh, Death of Dick Long. Like there's a couple of characters that did a bunch of, made a bunch of really bad decisions, but it made sense with their characters. So in that sense, I think it's good writing, but it may not be everyone's style. It is our style.
2: Yeah, this this definitely has kind of a Wes Anderson feel to it, which also worried me at the beginning because I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. So I was like, oh no, (laughs) but uh, yeah, this, this one.
0: This one definitely won me over. Okay, so Mandibles. Yes, Mandibles. By the way, spoiler alert, Mandibles. When you think of Mandibles, you're thinking, does that have any kind of relation to the fly? Well, you're going to find out why Mandibles is called Mandibles in the movie. And we're not going to spoil it for you. So just that's another really wonderful treat. And like Bruce said, this is a movie that definitely sticks to landing. If you want to check it out, it's in theaters and it's everywhere. I'm, I'm assuming on demand starting July 23rd another film that's out July Friday July 23rd but most of you will see this on Prime Video come August 6th the week of August 6th by the way we will have a special instead of our weekly find your film thing on that week the week of the first week of August we will be doing something I believe Bruce called Valapalooza, and that is going to be a spotlight on the work of Val Kilmer. Where I think we're still hashing it out, we're going to maybe dive a little bit deeper on the documentary Val because it comes out on Amazon Prime Video that week, and then each of us will either have one or two Val Kilmer recommendations to have as well to just flesh out that entire Val Kilmer episode. But for the purposes of this show right now, since the movie is coming Since the documentary is coming out in select theaters July 23rd, we want to actually give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek, sneak little review on Val, which is actually, what's I just read this, the cinematographer for Val is actually Val Kilmer because a lot of this movie is based on his hours upon hours of, of footage, home video, home video footage that he's shot since he was a kid, growing up in Chatsworth, California, all the way up to present day. Mr. Eric Holmes. I'm sure you're a huge Val Kilmer fan. How did this movie actually... Eric, you're the first person to actually watch Val. Val. So we'd love to hear your thoughts if this documentary worked for you. Yes. Yes, I did. But I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of
2: his. You know, watching him show up in the birthday cake and having heard him going through the throat cancer and stuff and just seeing him work in the birthday cake, you know you know even limited with his voice it made me happy to see that he's still been able to do stuff and then watching this kind of watching how he kind of takes his his uh health in stride you know his health problems in stride you know looking back on his career having his son narrate for him but since he can't talk real well that was awesome that i mean it was it was like right there you want to talk about low-hanging fruit, but that low-hanging fruit hit me right in the gut, and it it, it totally worked for me. The, this whole movie worked for me, and then even seeing like uh getting like a behind-the-scenes stuff uh movies he's been in, specifically The Island of Doctor Moreau. I'll li- I'll leave that there, but you guys know what I'm talking about. There was a particularly, I mean that that whole section was just ripe with I, that that should that could have been its own documentary right there but yeah this was real good kind of a puff piece but there was enough there that's uh worth uh sinking your teeth into and if you're a val kilmer fan i mean it's a no brainer yeah bruce
0: did
1: you see um, this as a puff piece or what did you think no i i thought i well, i mean it it's not like a, a deep expose or anything so i guess in that sense yes but i mean this is more of like an autobiography retrospective but The advantage it has is say you take a retrospective of whatever actor you have, and then say, as you start hitting each of those like prime movies in their career, you have all the behind scene footage that they shot. And that's essentially how this kind of plays out. So every time you're coming up to a new movie, you're like, Oh, I'm coming up top gun. Oh, wow. Here's stuff from top gun. So I think it has an added element from that all the way through. And then there's some other stuff just about his family. And if we get more detailed, we'll talk more about kind of uh, maybe some of the broader strokes of, of kind of things that you may not have known about his life in general, but that stuff is really interesting. I think, especially if you're a fan of the movie to, to think of, I was thinking, I don't know about you guys, as I was watching, I'm thinking like, I wonder if there's any footage from this movie. And then, Oh, Course. Now we're in this movie. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to say which ones, but there, if you like his movies, I think there's going to be something for everyone who likes his movies in this
2: real quick. I, th- I think one thing I was kind of disappointed about and, grand the movie can only you know they only got so much time to get there but i I, they went through they went deep dive into a lot of movies but they didn't deep dive into all of the movies i don't (laughs) want to say which ones they just kind of glossed over (laughs) but there were some movies that they just they they you know i mean they had the title of the movie and it just kind of went by Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to say which one i was really hoping to hear about but uh you know you'll, you'll know when you see it
0: Well, I'm just for you audio listeners, for you wonderful audio listeners who check us out on the podcast and not on on YouTube, Eric Holmes was bringing out his DVD of the David Mamet directed and written film Spartan, which basically no one has seen. And I think it's actually, it might be my favorite David Mamet film. And one of, if not my favorite, Val Kilmer performance and highly, I think it's probably his most underrated performance i i don't know bruce you haven't seen spartan yet right Mm. nope maybe i'll see it before valapalooza maybe maybe it's it's a cut and dry it's a cut and dry film and because eric holmes he's very passionate about writing this movie i think this is a little bit of a warning i don't know if you agree with me on this eric it's very because it's mammoth it's very writerly it's very stylized in its writing so it's one of these things where you're gonna really love it or you might be left cold by it so just wanted to but since I think you're in the mammoth world as well, I think you gotta really, you know, hop to it very right? and really enjoy Spartan. So, Eric, should we have one or two choices next week? In a couple of weeks for Valapalooza? do you think we should just spotlight three movies or six uh, movies? What do you think? I, mean, I, 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 I was looking over his IMDb, and I think there'd
2: probably be a lot of crossovers, So maybe we just kind of maybe we just kind of zip through the IMDb and just kind of give a quick uh, one-two of uh, of his
0: movies. Well, I'm Batman, gonna, I'm,
2: that that was a good one. Ghosts in the Darkness, like that one. Next, and well, then... I'm
0: definitely look. Here's the thing: I'm definitely going to rewatch The Ghosts in the Darkness in, in a couple of weeks, and maybe I'm going to maybe each of us will watch at least one Val Kilmer movie for that week to recommend or not. And I, I'm I'm assuming Eric's going to rewatch Spartan, and I think Bruce Bruce I mean, you have. Yes, I'll, Eric, I'll, 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 pick, I'll, I'll pick something to rewatch. Maybe um, some
1: of our listeners would like to write in or. Send us a recording oh, of
0: some of their favorite. Oh, stuff that, yeah, power. that would be fun. That would be. That's fun. great. Well, yeah, you have what? two yeah. weeks. People, come on now. Okay, yeah, no, that that that's a great idea. Again, maybe I should just call Bruce Perky Idea Man because that's a good, another great idea from Bruce Perky. He's the one who thought of what's in the box. So very, and he's he's the one who actually remembered this. is Our one year freaking anniversary. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're gonna get, we're gonna actually get to our community. Tell us what Val Kilmer movies you would love for us to watch or rewatch. Uh oh bad confession for me real genius what does eric bruce what does real genius top secret and willow have in common and the doors they're all movies that, that greg should has have to seen see. already <laughs> that, that greg has yet to see can you believe that that is of those
1: <laughs> i would see top secret first yes and
0: oh. i hate jim morrison but the doors is pretty sweet really okay eric what are you, what are you what are you trying, what are you trying to do actually watching the doors made me hate jim Morrison <laughs>
2: anyone that uh i i don't know how true it is but if if he actually did like lock, lock his girlfriend in a closet and light it on fire let me just say i'm glad he's dead
0: okay fair that that, that's fair enough
2: if that's true i don't know how true that is mm, but mm. if if he did that you want to talk about harvey weinstein being a monster that's a fucking, that that's, that's a total yeah that's a terrible no, thing to
0: do to someone. That's basically got, trying to murder someone. You, he was good in that though. Yeah, Kilmer was good in the, in the doors. You, you, Ooh, since we're yeah. talking about this,
2: the Val Kilmer he, they showed him doing the Mark Twain stuff, mm-hmm. and he always wanted to do that movie, but he probably can't because of his voice. Right. I mean, there is Mark DeWitzyak. He does do a pretty good Mark Twain. So maybe uh, if Val Kilmer's listening to this, forget I said kill Jim Morrison because he's already dead. He's, he's shit anyway. <laughs> Mark DeWitziak is Mark Twain, directed and written by Val Kilmer. That could be a thing.
1: Just Eric throwing Cole. that out
0: there. You like that, Bruce? The pitch man, Eric, I what do, do you think? I do like that. I think that's great. And by it the way, happen. Mark DeWitziak, if you want to learn more about Mark DeWitziak, there's a very in-depth interview with him by Bruce Porky on his YouTube channel, Rustemeyer, which you can check out. Right, Bruce? True. Very true. Okay. Yeah, that was that was one of your, fa- your favorite interviews, right? You, you interviewed him for how long? An hour or so?
1: Some like, yeah, hour, hour and a half. He's he's really great. He's he's a really cool guy. I mean, you can listen to him talk. He's got videos on YouTube, and, and he's just he can just go on about, especially about old uh horror movies, sci fi,
0: Night Stalker, cold check amazing. <laughs> amazing stuff. Okay, so that is Val. Strong recommend for me. A uh, so, solid strong for you guys too for Val. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. I'd say okay. solid. Yeah. Solid, solid. Recommend Val. It hits theaters July twenty third. We will talk more about Val, the ins and outs of that documentary, on the first week of August, and eventually we will also talk about some Val Kilmer films for you guys to also watch. Okay, next up is a movie that Bruce and Eric have, have covered. They've watched because they actually have a personal connection. Sally Colette, they interviewed for that movie. Max Cloud, she was one of I think she was an actress in that movie and also a co writer. Co-writer right? Co-writer in that in movie? movie? Yeah. So she is a co-writer in the movie Twist. Bruce, take it away. What did you think? What is this movie about? Yeah. So Bruce, modern yeah.
1: retelling of Oliver Twist. Um, got some pretty big actors in this. Michael Caine, Lena, is it Lena Hetty? I don't know if I say her name right. Uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. Rafferty Law is like the main dude, Twist. And I think he's yeah. Jude Law's son. Yeah. And, and, and then hey. Sally Collette. Sally Colette is her, his mom early on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Guess what, folks? You know what? What did I do last week, Eric Holmes? Do you remember what I did about how it ends? Do you remember Bruce? Do you remember what I did? We, You're the archivist. What did I do? We can't <laughs> review this. <laughs> we, we we couldn't review actually last week. We should have possibly reviewed how it ends because how it ends, we said I was saying it comes, comes out July 20th, and this Friday is, I believe, July 23rd. So we actually technically could have reviewed how it ends and you and I we're going to interview we're going to review how it ends very very soon but you know what I'm Asian I should be good with math and numbers and numerology I can say that right I know in this woke PC culture I can say that since I'm Asian I can make fun of myself I hope so Oh, oh no! I think Eric and Bruce are cowering right now. are so <laughs> racist. I mean, I'm, I'm so ashamed racist. to know you. A go expert. ahead. Here's the thing.
2: I, I, I'm so white. I'm pink. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> okay. look at me. I, I'm paler than he is. Look at this. I, okay. Well, I can't, well, I'm, I'm I can't sorry. chime in at all. Listeners cancel. But I did can say that me. I.
0: But I did say I'm glad Jim Morrison's dead. So you going to say anything worse than that. Go yeah, ahead. We're losing all our Doors fans and probably our Asian contingent by me making the math joke. Horrible, look. That's speaking of low-hanging fruit, but anyways, the twist is, Bruce, it hits theaters, digital, and on-demand July 30th. Folks, we have another movie that we're going to be covering next week. It's called Twist. And, and this is the second week in a row that, yes, that I have... Let me just say, this is an explicit show, and once in a while, I will say something that is very... Vulgar. I totally f- this week. So I, I, I just Greg, we are just Greg, really good
1: at forward promoting. We're really good at forward yes, promoting
0: forward promoting. So Greg,
2: Greg, you cut out there for a second. What, what, what did what do you say again?
0: I really effed up. f up. Oh, you said F up. You're still cutting out. You're cutting out. Like part of the word's not <laughs> okay. coming through there. I, I yeah. apologize. Deep apologies to Eric and Bruce. Here's a good news, guys. I'm gonna eventually catch up with you on Twist. We will all cover Twist next week's next week. By the way, Bruce was saying he stars Michael Kane. Lena Head, Heady. Lena Hetty from Game of Thrones, and I apologize. Oh, also directed by Martin Owen, Martin Owen, the director behind Max Cloud. So we will revisit that next week. Much apologies to Bruce and Eric. <laughs> I was going to say apologies to you, <laughs> listeners. I'm not. I'm not going to apologize to you, listeners. I'm just going to apologize to my buddies here. But that, I'm going to apologize to you as well. To, don't
2: have to apologize to me. I get
0: to watch Twist.
2: I get to watch oh. Sally Colette and Elliot language for a little bit and. It was good stuff, but no, uh, you, if... you, you don't
0: know that because we're not reviewing it right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> wait. But, but by the way, what is that north? That what is that? What is it called? That that's, oh that movie with Elliot Language that I definitely need to, need to see. It's about oh, soul. Um,
1: Northern Soul. I think is what's called. Yeah,
0: Northern Soul. Yeah, I, should I watch that sooner than later, guys? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Northern Soul. Okay, that might be another. How about this? Elliot Language in Northern Soul. We definitely that is basically our Max Cloud interviews. Bruce, you going to say something about something. Are you going to say something? Okay, well, you're going to have to say something very soon because currently, you know, in in theaters and on premium video on demand right now, this week, we're finally reviewing it. It's called How It Ends. What are you guys doing tonight?
1: What's the the story? Sort of
0: uh, taking off regrets one by one, you know. Better get a rush on that. Yeah. Yeah, going to go see Dad first. Oh.
1: What are you gonna do the rest of the day? I'm
0: gonna finish this sandwich, Uh make another sandwich,
2: Mm.
1: eat that one, take a nap, take care of Manny, Uh talk to him a little bit about his memories and stuff. I might just walk around the neighborhood.
2: Oh, so lovely to meet you. Yeah, it's
1: great to meet you too. Listen, happy last day. Hey, try to remember me like this. No, no. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) That's not how you'll die, is it? No, no. no. You'll wait to explode like the rest of us. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Bye, guys. Nice to meet
2: you. Bye.
0: It's directed and produced by Daryl, Daryl Wine and Zoe Lister Jones. They are married. They're a couple. They they create films together. Zoe Lister Jones also is a lead actress in this movie she plays. Liza, a Los Angelino. She's living in La La Land, and it's the last day on earth. Eric, I apologize. You weren't able to your, your screening link expired last week. I know that we only had a 48-hour window. My apologies on that. I'm apologizing to you for that. But Liza. She doesn't want to go out on the last day on Earth. She just wants to stay home, let the big whatever drop or everything explode, and be alone. But she actually accompanying her on her journey to actually leave the house is Kaylee Spaney, who plays literally the younger version of Liza. She plays her "quote unquote" inner child. So the most of the movie has the two Lizers, Zoe, two Lizes, played by Zoe Lister-Jones and Kay, Kaylee Spaney. By the way, Kaylee Spaney is amazing in this movie. Love her. She just has a great presence. Bruce, you're going to add to that in a second. But it's The Two lies is just walking around LA in, in a very desolate LA, and they meet just a random bunch of people. And that is the premise of How It Ends. This movie was shot in July 2020, right in the, the beginning or the first several months of the pandemic. So this was actually, obviously they definitely get brownie points for actually trying to go out in LA, LA and shoot in these kind of conditions. So that is it. How It Ends, oh, also stars Fred Armisen, Whitney Cummings, Charlie Day, Helen Hunt, Nick Kroll, Lamorne Morris, Bradley Whitford, Colin Hanks, Finn Wolfhard, a lot, Bobby Lee. You see a lot of different cameos pop in and out of the movie. I really love this movie. Really enjoyed this movie. It really spoke to me. I'm just and Paulie Shore's in the movie as well. I I was nervous. I'm nervous to see what Bruce, to hear what Bruce is gonna say about what kind of judgment he's going going to levy on how it ends
1: um i was really doubtful when it started but probably i don't know 15 or 20 minutes in it it started to to work on me and i ended up finding it to be really charming like in a good way charming like the way it's trying to be i could see some people reacting to this as like kind of hipstery like, like me I'm a,
0: I'm a good way charming yeah. right am i okay you're
1: okay. a charming motherfucker is what i call you <laughs> okay
0: thank you i call friend. him chomo there you go that works too (laughs) fomo for the chomo anyway um
1: (laughs) so uh, the thing is what's really good about it is it it has a simple premise but it does it really well and and so the basic concept and you didn't really kind of talk about this is they're getting up it's the last day on earth they're like we're going to go to a party it's our last day on earth we're going to have a party we're going to have fun we're gonna do a good thing they go out walk out to the curb and the car has been stolen because it's the last day on earth so people are just doing whatever sort of like crap. And like we just talked about walking in LA, this is a walking in LA movie. That's really what this movie could be called. In fact, I sent you the video for walking in LA when (laughs) we're watching this, you know, because essentially they're like, well, I guess we're going to walk. So it's really just this on location, not super flashy shot, anything. It's just pretty simple. The two versions of Liza, her current state and her young state, kind of just having these conversations. And every so often, They encounter somebody either on purpose, like they're kind of making amends on the way, like, you know, seeing their parents and stuff, but they're also just meeting random people who are dealing with the impending apocalypse in different ways, which makes it always interesting. It's almost like an anthology because in that sense, you keep meeting different people. So if you're, if one isn't working for you, it's only going to last for five or 10 minutes and you're going to move along and go to someone else. But honestly, the heart and soul of this are the two lices. And I think that's what really gives it its emotional core. And they're both great. I mean, the the co-writer or co-director, I guess she is, and writer, right? Yes, and yeah. star. She's really great. But like you said, Kaylee Spaney is spectacular. And I knew her from, she played a role in Devs, the miniseries Devs, which I've talked about. And in that, she plays possibly a young man. It's kind of, you don't know, but it identifies or most commonly looks identify as a young man but you know it might be trans person might be a they i don't know correct terminology but to see this totally different type of role and to see her be so effective here and so effective there in totally different kind of roles makes me think this is a person to kind of watch for sure this is this is good this is fun this is and this is also light this is one of those like you can't really go wrong with kind of
0: movies also little spoiler alert if you love the music of sharon van etten Mm -hmm. i believe there is a moment, she, there is a musical moment in How It Ends, which is undoubtedly, oops, sorry, that was a, So you see that, mo, that was my my iPhone f- slowly falling down a book. That's a nice, that's a nice audio. That's a nice, let me try that one more time. Yeah, there you go. Sharon Van Etten, I'm going to say it one more time. Sharon Van Etten sequence is sublime and beautiful. And if only just to see that that moment, I would definitely recommend How It Ends, but like Great review, Bruce. Overall, a very light movie with a little bit of dark underpinnings, but overall, the darkness doesn't really overwhelm how it ends, which is very funny because it's the last day on Earth. It should be dark, right? But there's a very interesting light and embracing humanity tone that I I enjoyed. I enjoyed how it ends.
1: So, and we also agree there needs to be a whole hell of a lot more Helen Hunt like in everything. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Why in the best. hell is she not in more movies? Because she just did that recent movie that we liked. Um, what was that movie called? The the weird the mystery uh, thriller one? The, yes. The,
0: oh yeah, whatever that was, that was so good. Did you Eric did you see that Helen Hunt crime thriller thing? I forgot what it was oh, called. Oh, it has a really weird name, like
1: oh. you aren't here or where are you? Yeah. Or something, it's something
0: something Oh, Eric, you haven't seen it. Oh my goodness, Eric. But I mean, and she just does missing, little like this is yeah, there's always little a scenes gem. in here with different We're people, talking- and she's just
1: she can just hit a scene once again we were talking about how when you see a great actress or actor compared to someone who's trying really hard but isn't quite up to the task she's just effortlessly amazing you know in like a 10 minute or less sequence here you're just like okay yeah helen hunt she's great
0: Eric, Eric, i agree eric holmes what's the name of the movie get thee to a nunnery get thee to a nunnery right now Look get up the two and get the two. Yeah, I mean, a that's memory. a it's a poetic reference. I, I apologize. I'm not gonna use that I no, see it's you. called I see you. I see well, I see you too. It's just I see you, I s with S-P-A-U. the stone? I see you. That's not bad. No, 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 that one. That? No, there's there's another no, no no no, there's another one called I see you. Yeah. Oh it's not it's PCU, it's not ICU, it's I see it's ICU. see you, and it's a very It'll oh okay. It'll play Jackie Harper. It'll keep you get. Let's just say it'll keep you guessing. And we're recommending the movie, and Helen Hunt is in it. But there are things about this movie that you're gonna go, oh, I did not see that. Oh, I didn't see that coming. And I didn't see that. Oh, and I. Didn't get anything right. So you get a. Uh, I think you, is that how you felt, Bruce? Did you? Were you yeah. over? This is over twenty. One on of this those. Movie?
1: This is our like added, added, added review suggestion for the week. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those movies that's like it. It feels like it fits into that weird, almost De Palma-esque kind of like twisty thriller. That is, is maybe not as stylish as De Palma, but it has that kind of bonkers, like almost preposterous, like plot. When you think about it, if you talk this plot out to somebody, they're like, "Really." But it's just so much fun and so weird and so like twisty and and odd. And we covered that it.
2: for this show. No,
1: mm-hmm. we did not. No, we this okay. is one of Those movies. That, I was like, I know my no, memories we, bad,
0: but I, I'm just blanking on everything. You're about. No, we no, we didn't cover it. And and one of these things, that, it's one of those movies. I think Anderson was covering it on the film vault. He was talking about the Beast or the Beast of War about a movie that, was that awesome. just yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you love that movie. That, you've always yeah. you've always known the Beast is an awesome movie, right? Okay, so yeah. This is one of those movies, Bruce. I I don't know if you agree with me. Like, movies like I See You, they just get lost in the algorithm of whether you're Amazon Prime Video or Netflix. And unless you see it within a six month window, it's going to get buried and people will forget about it. So I'm glad that you mentioned how awesome Helen Hunt is. Also, another thing about Helen Hunt and how it ends yes, more Helen Hunt. What could she have done with how it ends, though? Her character, she plays the mother in this movie. She is so skilled and she has to hold her power. She has to hold back everything that she has. And that's just so hard when you're as talented as her. She's she's a, just a master. But I shouldn't use the word master, right, Eric? <laughs> I think you said last week, but you used the word. She is such an expert in her craft, okay? She's a craftian. I just made up a word. She's a craftian. Folks, is that a word, Bruce? Craftian? Or what do you think? It is now. Oh
1: it is sure now. it's a crafty in here. <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> chomo, how
0: chomo just coined another phrase <laughs> <laughs> okay well, thank you so much for that i i think I'm, i like i like Chomo. It's very good in select theaters this week how it ends it's also on premium video on demand i'm assuming bruce Berkey. solid recommend for you it is a solid recommend ends. now am i wrong i thought it was on apple tv plus too oh an apple tv oh yeah available everywhere thank you and again Every single week, you guys have to correct me because I'm usually wrong 99 percent of the time. So, by the way, listeners, if you're listening to find your film, we're about 99.99 percent inaccurate unless Bruce or Eric chimes it. Just FYI. So, again, and if you want to actually check in our, I'm sorry, our YouTube, I'm
1: sorry, we're 99.7 <laughs> percent, and
0: also I by the way, we're 66.9
1: percent. <laughs> That's right, right? 96.96, 69.9, and,
0: and we're and, and we're the only podcast that will at least every week get one movie release date wrong. So you gotta come back just to just to see the error, error-filled hijinks that Greg is going to do. So again, that is how it ends this week. Thankfully we finally finished that review. Available everywhere and in Select Theaters this week. Thank you, Bruce, for that correction. Now we're going to our recommendations. Bruce, what is your recommendation? We're skipping over you, Eric, because you don't have one, right? You don't have a recommendation this week.
2: I do, but uh I guess we're doing that next week. So <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. um oh, the assassination. The, the twist, the twist, oh, and the twist, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I will say that I, I did watch the uh Spartacus again with the uh the yeah. Dalton Trumbo. The yeah. Dal- Look that this will be my recommendation. If you can find the Criterion version of Spartacus, and let's say you have no desire at all to watch Spartacus, you should, it's an awesome movie, but let's say I don't want to fucking watch that. The movie looks boring, it looks stupid, doesn't matter that i'm so glad anderson found that that commentary that dalton trumbo commentary because it is delightful
0: and you can again you can find that on youtube right dalton commentary on youtube regarding spartacus
2: I, I don't know about YouTube. I I because I had the regular uh, Spartacus oh, okay, DVD got it, got it. Yeah. and I went and got the Criterion at uh, entertainment hey Heyo, and uh, I put it in. <laughs> okay. I put it. I put it in. I, I just was like, you know, doing some editing and just listening to the commentary. And it's like, this is so good. Oh my god, this is so good.
0: Oh, like okay, yeah, okay. So that is a Criterion shout out to Spartacus from Eric Holmes. That is his recommendation this week. Now we are venturing back to los angeles for bruce perky's weekly recommendation tell us about la la land what you thought of it why you loved it etc cetera, etc cetera. hopefully you loved it
1: yeah well this is kind of like was it last week uh, eric was talking about shazam and how you know everyone's seen shazam but i watched it and i really liked it and this is kind of my version of that and that is i finally got around to la la land and it's one of those movies, I, it's you know how every so often you have a movie, you just, I meant to see it. I meant to see it. I think I'd like this movie. I keep meaning to see it. Everyone says it's great. And you just never get to it for one reason or another. So I was out looking at used DVDs and Blu-rays and I saw La La Land for seven bucks and I'm like, the Blu-ray, I'm like, well, it's a no brainer. I'll get La La Land and I'll watch it, which I did. Yay. <laughs> so as we said before, Damien Chazelle from Whiplash, of course, I mean, this I guess here, I guess this is how I'd approach it. If you've already seen it and already love it, then there isn't much for you to know about this other than, yay, someone else loves it too. For the people who maybe are reticent about it, because it's a muse, of course you got Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, who everyone knows has great chemistry and are awesome at what they do. I think one thing to know about this movie is, sure, it has musical numbers, and I'd say it's it's heavier at the front, maybe third with musical numbers, but I think that you should also know that this is not like one of those musicals where everything is sung, like the Umbrellas of Schurberg, which they talk about as the inspiration. That is all sung. This has a yeah, story. Yeah, that can be annoying
0: and, if you don't love it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. If you don't like that, that's going to throw you off. This movie, I mean, you can, a lot of musical numbers are so integrated that they aren't really these big, giant, standalone Set pieces. There are a few of those in here, but there's a lot of this that is just a straight up great romance, and uh, also one of those kind of uh, movies that's a love letter to Hollywood, and of course to musical Hollywood, but to Hollywood in general, and just to to the city, to old Hollywood movies. I mean, this is just. I mean, it's gorgeous. And amazingly you know photographed it's uh, amazing choreography it's just um you don't see those, those colors magical anymore. movies yeah, yeah it's a magical movie that's truly magical like i was reading all the um i don't know if you've done this eric or, or eric or greg like going through all the trivia right and they're talking about how you know they recorded all the piano stuff because in this ryan gosling's a jazz piano player And then he would practice for hours and hours and hours so he could finger the keyboard exactly like it's supposed to be done. And eventually they said, yeah, (laughs) he fingered the keyboard. you hear that?
0: Okay, there's a reason why. I guess there's a reason
1: why. He's a gentle lover. Come on now. Move along.
0: I guess there's a a reason why we all love mandibles because we're all 11. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Bruce.
1: I was trying to like, well, I don't want to say it. Uh, Anyway. He got to the point where they were like mad at him because he actually could play the piano pretty damn well. And same thing with dancing, you know, dancing here and they make it look like they've been dancing for years. And it's just, there's some really cool stuff too. Like I was reading, there's a scene at sunset. So that sky is kind of that purplish sky behind them. You've probably seen the photos mm-hmm. where they're up on the Hollywood Hills and the the cities behind them. And they had to shoot that within a, like a small time span of you know what maybe a 30 minute time span they had to do that whole scene uncut you know for several nights in a row until they got the perfect shot you know that's the kind of stuff you want to see in like classic filmmaking i mean oh and one last thing one little trivia piece and then you guys can chime in what you think of it there's a shot at the studio backlot where she tells him you know she hates jazz this is when they're early meeting and it's exactly the same backdrop that was used for the photograph of the two people shaking hands in wish you were here it's the exact same backdrop <laughs> it's just really cool little stuff very, like that
0: very cool eric did you love this movie as much as bruce did yeah
2: well i I never actually saw it because uh, like i mentioned i took my sister to see it and oh, we right. got the tickets to see Lala la land but then they played moonlight instead and i was like well i guess we're watching this <laughs> <laughs> that did
0: not really happen oh, okay. <laughs> yeah
2: la, la land's really good though
0: Oh, very cool. I was like, oh, that, that would have been a good alternate universe because I, I, I actually enjoyed Moonlight. But
2: yes. something like that did happen, though. When American Psycho came out, me and a bunch of people went to, you know, it's like, oh, dude, that movie looks cool. Let's go watch it. And we all went there and uh, they started playing American Beauty. And I knew them. I knew it right away because I had seen American Beauty earlier that week. And I'm like, oh, this isn't American Psycho. I think we're in the wrong theater. And then we're checking the No, we're in, And we go outside like, no, no, we're th- this is American Second. I'm like, no, this is American Beauty. I saw this earlier this week, and uh, and then uh, you know, the movie started playing for about 10 minutes, and the person came out, was like, sorry, sorry, we got that, we got the we got a little mix up here. If you want, uh, you know, we'll buy your free tickets for the next one, but if you stick around, and we saw, stuck around, so that that was fun. That, that was happened. fun.
0: That is very cool. That is, and you got the free tickets, so that's that's not that's not yeah. bad. La, La Land, I think. Along with the beautiful, just the a color like just color palette and fingering the pianos and tickling the ivories, all those <laughs> wonderful things that they do in La La Land is the ending. And this is sacrilege the ending of Umbrella, the Umbrellas of Sherborg, okay, is very memorable and heartbreaking. The ending of La La Land, in my opinion, and this is probably not a popular opinion, trumps the ending of the Umbrellas of Sherborg. The way it's constructed, because the final act, the final seven, eight minutes or something is its own little movie. And that movie, it kills you. It's a knockout. It's a a knockout what they do. And you never expect it. You're just total gut. It's a knockout. It's a knockout
1: thematically and in story. But it's also a knockout in presentation, in the way it's presented. So it's a double whammy, and we're not going to say what it is exactly. So if you haven't seen it, then you can still enjoy that ending. I agree absolutely what you said, because it, it it takes the concept of the ending of Umbrellas of Sherberg, keeps it, but gives it a little twist, which is what we both really love, the twist. Oh, yeah. But in that presentation of the twist, it does all of these homages to famous musicals. I mean, there's an homage to, and I'm not telling you what happens in this, but there's an homage to like American, was it American in Paris? There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on there. So it's, this is one of those value added movies that I could see you watching it on just a surface level of the story itself as a musical and being like, I love this. It's really emotional and beautiful. And then as you know more and more and more about movies, there's so much to be had here because there's so many connections to Hollywood, you know?
0: A lot of connections to Hollywood. A lot of layers to be had. Final thing. Final movie. We're going to wrap it up with Bruce Perky's What's in the Box. But before we do that, Eric, what is Pete going to do? Hey, yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lied! No! What's in the fucking box? Okay, Bruce, what you got? I don't even know how to pronounce this name or whatever right. this is.
1: I'll do my best at this one. Now, this is this was suggested, and I forgot to write their names down, so you might have it off the top of your head, but the uh, two filmmakers that made The Penny Black, when we talked to them, they suggested this movie because we had talked to them a lot about the, the truthfulness, or was there a fakery, or was it a real documentary, or what was the veracity there? And he said, well, this would be a great movie for you to watch because it involves some of those things as well. And it's from 1968, I believe, and it's called Plasm Take One by William Greaves, director, writer, co-star, HBO Max, Criterion, you can find this. Once again, it's not a very long movie. That's a good thing. I didn't write down how long it is. I think it's like a minute, an hour, 20, something like that. Hour, 20 minutes, something like that. The beginning of the movie is, it's very cinema verite style. Like it's very much like on the streets, real settings. It almost looks like it could be documentary. It starts out and you just have like two or three versions of the same dramatic scene between a couple, but it's being acted out by different couples. So you're like, okay, is this like a screen test or is this a, you know, acting class? What is this? And then it cuts and it cuts to the director and he's being filmed talking to the film crew about the scenes they're going to work on and what they're trying to do. So there's, a, there's two cameras that are going to be filming the scenes. So they get two angles. And there's another camera that's filming them film. And sometimes, and you'll like this, Greg, sometimes it'll go to three screens like it'll like fade into three screens or then maybe when the middle screen will come out and become a full screen or it'll just be one screen of that. Um, so you get that kind of whole, like a split screen, triple screen kind of thing going on, which is kind of fun. So you see the same thing from three different angles. And as you're watching it, you start to discover, Oh, they keep trying the same scene over and over and over again. They keep trying to do the same scene. They're in Central Park and they might be doing the scene and then the actors will stop and complain or maybe a cop and will come into the scene and ask for their papers to show that they have a permit. So, and as you're watching it, just like we were talking about, you're starting to wonder like, no, is this real or is this part of the... Fa- that looks like a real police officer and then like about i don't know 15 minutes in it cuts to a scene where it's the crew and the crew are all just sitting around a room and they're talking about the filmmaker and they're talking about what they don't like about the filmmaker and what the filmmakers and how they want to do something different so it becomes this weird <laughs> this weird juxtaposition of hidden camera meets actual cameras meets a meta commentary on filmmaking and there's a whole thing about there's a whole subtext of like a male female relationships because the scene they keep playing over and over again is about a wife who's angry at her husband because he's not attentive to her anymore because she's saying he's gay. There's a lot of slurs, unfortunately, because it's made in 1968. So be aware of that. About 50 of them, if I can. Yeah. It correctly. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did. All right, no. I'll, I'll I'll shut up in a second, and then let Eric chime in. I think it's really interesting. I don't say this is like um, this is experimental, so I think it's really interesting and it's not that long. So if you're if it sounds interesting to you, I think you'll find it interesting. I wouldn't say it's like spectacular. I don't think it's going to really engage you emotionally, especially. But there is a scene towards the end where a, a homeless person kind of comes into the scene, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Eric. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't quite get it at first, you know, because it,
2: it I, at least for someone as simple as myself it took a while like i i don't understand what this is and then it started going i'm like okay okay i'm i i, I see what they're doing here it seemed like a neat gimmick or like a neat kind of it, it, it's experimental
0: so but I is it fun though to watch it seems like an exercise away it, it, ca- it kind of is because
2: it this has kind of some characters in it not quite as good as mandibles you know in boogie nights whenever they do the behind the scene the parts in boogie nights where they're shooting the porn. Yeah, this whole movie is kind of those scenes from Boogie Nights. It's it's just the the crew and the actors all talking to to each other, and uh, some of it's funny, some of it's quite offensive. So trigger warning to almost everybody. Um, That's why I wanted to mention that for sure. <laughs> you know, cause... but uh, if you can get over that, if you can't, I completely understand. But if you can't get over that, I mean, there's there's some uh, interesting stuff to this. At the same time, say after about the first twenty minutes, I think you can kind of get the point if if, if, the, if that's fair to say it's kind of like a neat challenge or you know yeah. neat neat kind of thing to do and it, it's fun to watch the characters are fun but it's you know I, I didn't get anything real deep out of it I, I think I read that Steven Soderbergh or someone was like oh my god this thing was like I was like and I slowly roll a little bit <laughs> basically you don't want to oversell this. this movie would be very easy to oversell and then someone would watch this and go I don't see what the big deal is but if you kind of just like oh yeah check it out I think People could have a lot of fun with
1: it. I, I this has made my suggestion, just like you said. So I mean, I kind of found the most entertaining thing was the two actors and kind of watching them go over and try yeah. to figure it out. If this is kind of interesting to you but doesn't have enough meat on the bones, I would say if you kind of like the concept but you wanted to be in it told in an entertaining, actual fashion that would actually engage you and lead to something, then I would go watch One Cut of the Dead because One Cut of the Dead is the like fun, energetic, and really cool and event and Ultimately, affirming and joyous version of this, and to symbiote psycho
0: Wow, amazing uh, You got the title <laughs> right. How did you do that? That's take amazing. one,
2: <laughs> sorry, uh, on the first take. <laughs> so, but um, uh to uh psycho credit, one cut of the dead. Maybe that movie doesn't exist without something like this. So, I mean, in, in that respect, it's it's definitely commendable, and, and guys- it, 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 it's not a bad movie. I just think this movie like if you look up what people say about it they treat it as if it's the second coming of christ and it's not but that doesn't mean it's bad i I just think that this movie is way too easy to oversell
0: well this movie is worth watching definitely
2: oh definitely worth watching definitely worth watching again with the trigger warnings but it's it it's also easy to uh oversell just because it's you know trying something new especially when, when this come out like or something.
0: <laughs> Oh, okay the, the summer of you know so sixty-nine. 69. <laughs> the penny black filmmakers are william director william j saunders and co-producer alexander greer they recommended this to bruce for his what's in the box segment were they trying to tip their hand their, their hat to you or tip their hand regarding their love for that film and its relevance to the penny black
2: Maybe. This I was thinking of the Penny Black while watching this. And the main thing that came up was when we were trying to figure out, we couldn't figure out if the Penny Black was real or not. And the symbiopsychotaxoplasm is uh you can tell that they're acting in certain parts because that's what it's supposed to be. But then when the camera goes back and it's supposed to be the documentary part, that's not supposed to be. And so there's parts where like, oh yeah this must be the real documentary portion wait no none of this is real damn so so it's like kind of the
1: exact opposite of Penny Black but it, it's you can in that what's real what's not sort of headspace I'd say there's even a point in there to talk, talk to that exact point there's a point when you could be like oh this is all this other part is the real documentary and then when the crew is sitting around one of the crew people says like but I could be lying I could have just been told by the director to come in here and say what I'm saying right now it even tells you in the movie like to doubt itself so it, it's so it's does the same thing the penny black does. it doesn't let you know for sure so it doesn't help you <laughs>
0: so. yeah. I, I wonder listeners that we, we have the penny we have the penny black filmmakers Wim J. Saunders and Alexander Greer you can check that out on our podcast feed they really go in depth with the penny black I still at the end of the interview I still had no idea if the movies the documentary is fake or not I just had it a could good time. be
1: totally lying to us you know this right <laughs>
0: <All> right <laughs> what do you oh. think Eric did that clear anything up for you it didn't clear any, anything up for me or Bruce well, I, took,
2: you... I took I took their word that it was a real documentary Okay, but he didn't there. have us watch this, right? So That's what I'm thinking. He didn't I'm want to say. You. <laughs> oh, oh, the plot thickens. The he plot didn't know, thickens. He didn't want to come on a podcast and say, "No, it's a fake documentary," and the people hear that and they go, "Watch the Penny Blacks; the a fake documentary." But he told us to watch this, which is to say, the. Penny and
0: Black, now we totally become puns. We, really <laughs> we become puns. We're working for him now. <laughs> We're for puns. Now, William J. Saunders, <laughs> Alexander Greer. You know, they could have just said friggin, they could have just told us to watch friggin Silverado, right? And just make us forget about the whole layers, but they throw this movie at us, right? I Cat, have to
2: watch a movie now. Cats and dogs yeah. living together. I don't, I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I, I, I'm going to take them at the word, but uh, I, we'll, we'll just say, yeah. I I, I think the mystery is
0: still afoot. The mystery is still afoot. (laughs) All right, Bruce. I, I've just realized that the PETA beta track, I always misdrop it. I drop it at the beginning of what's in this. We should be putting the PETA beta drop right before. And just because it's so whack that I've been doing it for the last five weeks, I'm just going to keep it always at the beginning. Forget it. It's not, not going to come in at the right time. We love you, Pete, from middle class film class. Bruce, what is your pick? Oh, Eric, you have to say the seven stuff. watching in the box? watching in the... has got the upper
1: hand. What's in the box? What's in the box? Look, we're just get we're getting all the filmmaker picks because you know what? I haven't refed refed this box for a long time because I eventually have to get to my kid's turd choice. <laughs> <laughs> He's angry every week because I don't pick it. But we got another filmmaker. We have yes. Alice Doyard. You. Oh, oh, remember Alice Doyard, Doyard from Colette? Oh, okay, yes, and she suggested Le Maître du Temps. The Time Masters by director director um, Rene Laloux. It's an okay. animated film, I do believe. And that will be really cool. I've never seen that. And I might reach out to her and see if she has any comments to make about this. We'll see if I she's floating very, around out
0: there. Very mm-hmm. cool. That is very, very cool. And I have one more Oscar thing winner. Oscar winner. Oh, Oscar. yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> by the way. Oh, Quentin Dupieux or Dupuy or from Mandibles. I forgot. He actually has a movie to put in what's in the box for you, Bruce. I know. It's already in there oh i'm just such a I, I just what, i told did i just did i met did i message you that did i yeah so yeah, he did. yeah so listeners I eric did you know what the movie that he picked for, for so he, he picked his choice was the cohen brothers film raising arizona so <laughs> all right so yeah not a bad choice not a bad choice I'll just be taking these
2: huggies and whatever cash you got.
0: (laughs) You got a panty on your head. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in in about 25 years. I definitely have to rewatch that. He's not, he's not too good. There's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a outlaw in him. I can tell. (laughs) <laughs> these are. I, I'm assuming these are all... What's better, Raising Arizona or the last movie that the Coen brothers did, that anthology? I, I, I just can't remember. Oh, like, Buster Scruggs? Yeah, Buster Scruggs. No, you can't. I mean, Raising Arizona is a classic, right? So Buster Scruggs is It is, close. but
1: Buster Scruggs is really good, too. Buster Scruggs is really good. Buster Scruggs has variety, though, because Buster Scruggs is an anthology. Right, that's true. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of everything. And it's got... But Raising mm, Arizona's got John Goodman and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Raising Arizona 100. probably is a little bit better.
2: I, I'm just going to not... I'm not going to vote.
0: <laughs> you're not, not going to vote. Obviously, Bush. you know, you guys know me. My favorites are Blood Simple and The Man Who Wasn't There. Those are my favorite. And then No Country for Old Men. All of those, those kind of Coen, Coen Brothers movies. And then obviously you got to throw in Miller's Crossing. So those are my hard-boiled crime movies that I love. I only vote yeah. for the
2: lesser of two evils. I don't
0: vote for the better of two greats. <laughs> very go. That's quotable. Quotable. Anything anything you guys want to say before we're done. We're done, folks. We're gonna I promise next week I'm gonna make those release dates correct, folks. I promise you're gonna hear Bruce and Eric and and me chime in on twist whether that movie's good. In two weeks we have the Nicolas Cage thing. Also early next week, good. I'll it's I'll good. be putting up good. Was oh, oh, good. Oh, <laughs> oh, very oh, good. Oh good. I didn't say enough that we can't review it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course early next week I'll be putting up the Billy Jack interview. Eric, you want to say anything before we go? Anything? Any other thoughts? Uh yeah, we got a we got a fun uh, Green Night thing coming out really
2: soon with uh, William Lindis, Peter Beta, and some more friends. And so, stay tuned for that. That'll
0: be coming out real soon. Yeah, Eric Holmes has been really working very hard in that. And you, are you gonna be watching? Are you guys gonna be watching the Green Night when it comes out July thirtieth in mm-hmm. your local yeah. theater? And I, I hope that was yes. good. <laughs>
2: that, that would suck to spend all this time doing this screen night RPG thing. It's and it's like, oh, palace, this is so yeah. awesome. And then watch the movie, it's like, Aww. oh. Oh, that would totally suck. Man. Oh, Ooh. my God. And Dune. Dune's coming out soon. Oh, Dune's dude, coming out on October 22nd which is my birthday so oh, oh.
0: that that'll be a super, super fun day. super duper fun and day
1: isn't the new um oh what the, the
0: guy who did Chappie? isn't he's got his new uh demonic, yeah, movie, coming demonic movie coming out demonic movie coming out very very, very oh soon, yeah man. yeah that should be really good stuff how old do you turn on october 22nd eric i don't you? know probably 45 i think 45 wow bruce Maybe. remember that age remember that age when we were i, I, I was born i was it's born in seventies.
2: I was born in 77, so, you know, doing the so, math. I'm sure you, I'm way yeah, off. Yeah,
0: you're going to be 44, Eric. You just made us even more depressed. Thank you. For you know that. what? I, I, I've been 69 for the last 15 years. <laughs> I turned 50 in September on September 11th, so, and again. So, Bruce, Well, uh, by the way, if you want... Anyone to remember dates, just tell Bruce, Bruce, you you now have it in your computer brain when our birthdays are. So you can remind us when we start recording our show, when our birthdays are, <laughs> we are celebrating our one year of Find Your Film. Before that, we were the short-lived movie mainline podcast with Louis Lacao. Shout out to Louis, whatever you're doing out there, we love you. And before we go, Bruce Perky, as per usual, words of wisdom before we are out here.
1: I just want to say that I love you guys so much that I will make sure before the next episode to bring you guys a beautiful bunch of bananas. Excellent.
0: With that, <laughs> folks. Oh, oh very just good. got it. Visual. Oh, you, oh, you just got it. You, yeah, yeah, you just got it, <laughs> folks. Folks, if you really want to get that in-joke, you're going to have to watch one of, one of our featured reviews. Until then, we'll see you guys next week.